Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Canine Conservationists podcast where we're all about conservation detection dogs. I'm your host, Kayla Fratt, and I'm one of the co-founders of Canine Conservationists, where we train dogs to detect data for land managers, researchers, agencies, and NGOs. I have officially started my PhD studies. We're recording um, on October 19th, which means that we are going to be switching to an every other week publication schedule. Um, things have been really busy, so I'll probably edit in a update into some of our earlier episodes to remind y'all that now we're going to be on an every other week schedule. Um, cause yeah, it's been over a month since school started and I have not yet, uh, this is my first episode I'm recording. So today I'm really excited. I'm going to be talking to Esther Matthews and Marissa Steinberg about, um, Esther's dog, Jesse and, um, their legacy in the conservation dog world, particularly in South Africa. And then the really beautiful illustrated children's book that Marissa put together about Jesse and, um, their work. But before we get into the episode, we are going to go through a science highlight. So this week we read a paper titled Scent Detection Dogs as a Novel Method for Estrus Detection in an Endangered endangered Species, the Tasmanian Devil. This was written by Hannah Roberts, Carrie Fanson, Naomi Hodgins, Melissa Parrott, Pauline Bennett, and LaToya Jameson, and was published in Frontiers in Veterinary Science in summer 2023. The basic question was whether or not conservation, whether or not detection dogs can be used to identify the correct time to pair captive Tasmanian devils for breeding purposes. This is important because Tasmanian devils generally are solitary and will beat each other up pretty badly if you put them in together when they are not receptive. They also are um, highly susceptible as a species to um, these contagious tumors. Um, so the species is definitely in big trouble, and um, they're working hard to figure out how to improve their chances of survival with some captive breeding programs. So to quote from the abstract, they um, quote, fecal samples were collected from 11 captive fema- female devils during the breeding season of 2020 and 2021. Three dogs with prior detection experience were trained and subsequently assessed with um, 188 searches per dog on their ability to discriminate between estrus and non-estrus devil fecal samples in a one sample setup. When assessed on training samples, dogs were able to correctly discriminate estrus from non-estrus with a mean sensitivity of 69.1% and a mean specificity of 65.7%. When assessed on novel samples, their sensitivity to estrus dropped to a mean sensitivity of 48.6%. However, they were still able to collectively correctly identify non-estrus samples with a mean specificity of 68.1%. The study is the first to explore detection dogs' ability to identify estrus in a captive breeding program for endangered wildlife, providing a promising tool for non-invasive monitoring of reproductive status in wildlife. So this is a great paper, um, really, really interesting work. Um, 
definitely a little less typical as far as the field work end of things than what we cover here. So these dogs are primarily working in a lab with samples that the dogs have to respond yes or no to or estrus or no estrus. So um, you might want to go back and re-listen to our episode with Paul Bunker on go, no go protocols. Um, if that's uh, the sort of thing that you're interested in. And again, you can find that paper um, in Frontiers in Veterinary Science, published in 2023. So without further ado, um, Esther and Marissa, why don't we have each of you go ahead and introduce yourselves? We're so excited to have you here on the podcast. Hi, thanks, Gayla. Um, so I'm Esther Matthew, and I work for the Endangered Wildlife Trust. And part of my job is to train scent detection dogs for conservation and research projects. Um, hi, yes, I'm Marisa Steinberg. I'm a first-year illustration student at Open Window Institute in Centurion. So at the moment, I am doing a lot of projects as it's the end of the year and we're finishing off quite a few things. But yeah, I'm quite excited to see where this book will <laughs> lead me for the future. Yeah, definitely. So Esther, why don't we start out with you giving us a, a recap on Jesse's life? People may remember that we did an episode together, gosh, probably what, two or three years ago now yes, about your River Rhine Rabbit project. But I don't think we talked nearly enough about Jesse's earlier life and earlier training and any other projects that you all did together. Yeah, so basically I, I got Jesse the Border Collie in 2013. Um, the idea was, uh, the reason why I got her was to be a working scent detection dog as part of my master's uh, degree um, on research on amphibians. So um, in 2014 I started her training and um, basically we did quite a few tests on on amphibian scents and what dogs can detect and different dilutions and so on. Um, and we published a paper around that quite recently. But um, Jesse assisted us in the field to find bullfrogs, um, African giant bullfrogs, and they basically spend 11 months of the year underground and um, they can go as low down as two meters underground. So it's really difficult to find them um, outside of breeding season where they're above ground and in, in water pools. And so the idea was to test um, if a dog could assist in surveys for the species, which was a protected species in, in the Gauteng province of South Africa during the time of the study. Um, and then, so after the two years of, of doing that, as part of my master's degree, um, Jesse graduated with me. We have some graduation photos together. And, um, and then I, I got a job at the Endangered Wildlife Trust in 2016. Um, where I moved to an arid area called the Karoo in South Africa, uh, quite a rural area with Jesse. I said, I'll take the job if I can take my dog with. And, uh, <laughs> and they were very excited to find out that I actually have a scent detection dog and that I would be able to train her for other things. Um, so we started almost immediately in training her to help uh, find a critically endangered species called river and rabbits. Um, so we did that for for quite a while. It was a tricky tricky training again because the species um, there's no no captive river and rabbits in South Africa, and the only scent that was available was that of roadkill. 
um, so which is not ideal. Uh, so it it was a um, a question of if if we used roadkill scent, if we would be able to find live rabbits, and um, so we also published on that because we were able to to use her in the end to help us find um, not only predicted areas but also new areas um, for the species, which was great um, and contributed contributed to the conservation of the species. And then subsequently to that, uh, we also used Jesse's nose to help us um, find locations for for endangered golden mole species on the west coast of South Africa. Um, it's a dune swimming species, and we were also looking for um, the endangered species. They are more common ones. So basically, Jesse's job was just to tell us if the furrows that we, we find um, belong to the more common species or to the endangered species. So that was also a very interesting project and um, that was also part of the, the work with the Endangered Wildlife Trust. And then um, unfortunately in 2021, uh, Jesse was diagnosed with lymphoma and um, we, d we did chemo and she did well for about uh, six months after the chemo, but then um, the cancer came back and, and we lost Jesse in September of last year. And so um, that was during that time or shortly after that, that Marissa contacted me and said that she is interested in doing this book. And um, yeah, and she, she will tell you the rest of the story, but um, that is basically the life of Jesse. So um, shortly after Jesse, um, oh, shortly after we lost Jesse in September last year, Marissa contacted me uh, about making a book um, to talk about the story of how Jesse contributed to the conservation of the round rabbits. And yeah, I think she can she can go on about telling the story further from here. Um. Yeah, so I actually had no idea that it was so close to um, the passing of JC. Wow, I apologize for uh, that. That's quite quite bad. <laughs> um, no, yeah. So I've I actually saw the video that the Endangered Wildlife Trust posted. I think it was in 2019 um, about JC's work and. Um, the entire process of this new training um, idea. So that, that was really cool when I saw that. Um, so last year, I think, the middle of last year, um, I decided that I want to do a series, actually, of the critically endangered species of South Africa, which there are actually not that many that I know of. I don't know, you guys probably know much more about that. Um, but that's when I came across the Riverine rabbits on the IUCN red list. Um, and then I remembered the story that about JC and I absolutely just knew that this, this was the book. <laughs> yeah. So, um, that's when I contacted you and it, I did not expect you to. Um, answer me back but I was super excited when you did <laughs> and with all those beautiful photos that you also sent me that really drove the story forward yeah. and I mean yeah. just trying to yeah. capture Chasey's essence in, in that story was really what I tried to do Yeah, even though I did not know her but <laughs> yeah yeah definitely so yeah tell us you know what why were you looking for a book about South African endangered wildlife and um, 
you know, I mean, I, to me, it feels obvious why you would want to write a book about Jesse, <laughs> but, um, yeah. What, what appealed to you about it and, you know, kind of what goes into making a book like this? Cause I, um, well, I don't, I don't even know where I would start. A lot of research. Um, yeah, because I, I don't work in the field like you, you guys, which I find really interesting what you do, but so it took a lot of research to try and see how it works and um, trying to figure out what conservation projects have been done with them and trying to capture that in the book. So when I um, looked at this project, it was quite an easier book to write because there was a lot of info about it, where there is not that much information about other endangered species. Um, so that was a great um a big factor that helps me <laughs> to write the book. And yeah, as I said, the, the photos that Esther sent me that really drove the story forward. So I really like to work visually. So I look at photos and see what she does, trying to see um, the kind of dog that she was. And then from there, I can, I do a lot of rough sketches, um, just capturing the dog in the movement. And then I start plotting out the entire pictures actually before I did the story. So I'm more of an illustrator than a writer, but so that is the the process. Yeah. That <laughs> really, really helps me. Yeah. Wow. And mm -hmm. so as you're putting together this story, is this story primarily I guess, yeah, what is the outline of the story? Does it start with Jesse's training and when Jesse and Esther met, or does it start with the project? You know, what what is the story? And who is this is this book for? Is this a, a kid's book or Yeah. Yeah, it's a yeah. children's book. Um so it starts it's almost like I think two or three days um in the life of Jesse, how I imagined it, um, when she did the work in the Karua. So it starts off where she's in the car and they're traveling to the Karua. And then it goes on like how she is struggling to find them and getting distracted by all the different weird scents um, <laughs> that the Karua has. And then eventually at the end, she manages to find one of these <laughs> incredible rabbits um, and actually yeah, and then there was this photo that Esther sent me that she's giving a high five to Jesse, and I thought that should really be the last image. So after she found the rabbit, and it was this whole exciting affair, <laughs> um, they give a high five, and then at the end, I really talk about it's. So the whole book is written out of the perspective of Jesse. So at the end, it's like she's saying. She's glad that she found this, but she can really see the impact that we as humans have on the land that is creating a problem for the riverine rabbits. Um, yeah, so I really wanted to try to get that conservation inside the book without making it too grown up. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it, um, too professional, that you can understand it even if you don't really know how everything works in the conservation field. Um, so the age for this book, probably if you read it to the children, then it would be from age four and up, but self-reading between seven and nine. Yeah. 
Awesome. And Esther, what was kind of your experience going through and helping create this book? You know, did you, I, I, I just, I have to imagine that if someone reached out to me and asked about either of my dogs, I would have so much to say. I wouldn't, I would be totally useless because I would just want them to write, you know, seven, a seven volume chapter book about my dog's <laughs> life. <laughs> so how did you go about working with Marissa and uh, keeping yourselves on track? It was a very interesting process because um, I actually feel I contributed very little to, to the book. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Marissa basically, you know, she came up with the idea. Um, she asked for a few photos and then near the end, I basically just, uh, she, she wrote the story herself. And near the end, I just reviewed the story to look at, um, you know, the factual components to it. Uh, keeping in mind that, you know, it is a children's book. It has to be exciting and, and you know, it doesn't have to be perfect in terms of facts. But, um, you know, things as uh, describing the Reverend Rabbit, the right features and things being highlighted. Yes. I think that was important for me. But, um, I mean, I, uh, I really actually contributed very little to the book. Um, so I give all credit to Marissa. And um, I think the other thing is that it... I don't know from Marissa's perspective, but from what I can see, it's um, it's already having quite a big impact and, and people are very interested in the book. And I have friends of mine sending me videos of their kids reading the books and things like that. So, um, so it really had a nice spin-off and I think it's a nice way to, to give a tribute to, to the life of Jason. Yeah, that's amazing. So yeah, maybe each of you could share maybe some of your some or one of your favorite moments from the the start of this project or Esther, if you've got any favorite stories that you just want to share about your time with Jesse. Um, yeah, I'd love to hear it. Okay, Marissa, you can maybe go first. Okay. Um, I think that the best part for me was initially when I found the story about um, what JC did. I think in 2019, right when you when you posted that video, um, that one to me was the the best part because I've always done tricks and training with my my border collie actually, and it's just so incredible the training that goes into this whole um, project, like <laughs> of training her to find the Reverend rabbits. So for me, seeing that and seeing how much impact it is and how much you can achieve through dog training that that to me was really really the best part of this whole this whole um project yeah yeah for me i think um you know i had so many special moments with jc and uh, she was like she was part of me so um it's it's difficult to to think how to you know leave a legacy for her and um and i think marissa came at the right time asking the right questions and produced this amazing book i think for me the first time i saw the sketches i was like you know that's me and jesse she she conveyed us in a in a way that it looked like us and it and it felt like our relationship was um conveyed in a in a in a correct way if i can say it like that so I think that was that was really great part because it's it's too I mean I haven't met Marissa in person at all so um so it's two separate people from separate worlds um 
doing completely different things. I mean, I can't draw a stick man and, um, and Marissa with her amazing illustrations yeah. can tell the story that I couldn't tell. So, so I think it's, it's a really cool story that, you know, two people from kind of different parts of South Africa um, could pull together to, to make this happen. And I think the other really nice thing is that um, not only did Marissa send me a copy of the book for free, um, she also she's also um, said that she would uh, give 10% of the profits for the work that we're doing with the dogs still. So um, obviously I'm continuing work with my other dogs and, um, and with the Endangered Wildlife Trust still doing endangered species work and and some of the profits of this book will go towards that as well, which is, you know, everything I could have hoped for. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, yeah, there's there's just so much um, work still to be done, but also it's amazing to get to see, you know, dogs like Jesse and the work that you both did together being memorialized and being shared with kids you know this is the sort of book that I would have loved to have on my shelf when I was when I was a little girl and I think my parents would have <laughs> this would have been one of those books that they would have found for me when I was at that age um so that's just really really neat so Esther maybe you could tell us a little bit about your um your younger crew members and what you are working on now as well then yeah, sure. So, so I have two younger border. I have an older border collie, but he's retired, and I have two younger border collies. Uh, one of which I'm quite actively already working with. Um, uh, she's called Delta. Uh, she's a brown and white border collie, and um, she's about two years old now. And we are already working on uh, way too many projects, but. Uh, um, Two of the interesting things that we're using her for at the moment is also similar to Jesse's work. Um, we're doing uh, river and rabbit scat detection uh, for DNA research. Um, then we're also working with her for endangered tortoise species uh, detection in the field for research and monitoring. And then more recently, um, we are using her to uh, assist at roadblocks and courier companies and so forth in the fight against uh, succulent plant poaching in South Africa that is is taking over quite drastically and and quite shockingly I didn't even know um, the the stats before joining this project um, which is uh, in in collaboration with the endangered wildlife trust canine conservation unit which I'm not part of but they've they've involved me and my dog for for the specific project um, and just to give ideas that they, for example, they would find a poacher with 23,000 plants of the same plant that got removed from, from an arid area in South Africa. So it's really, it's a big scale um, poaching. And, and as far as I know, it's the first time um, that dogs are being used to combat plant poaching. Um, and it's definitely the first time that these three dogs are being trained to um, find succulents in South Africa. Um, so yeah, we're working with the police and the traffic department and um, uh, the conservation authorities to try to combat uh, this problem as well. And then I have a, a younger dog, Dash, as well, and he's still in training. He's also going to help with um, the tortoise work. And then funnily enough, um, he might also be roped into some amphibian work. So where Jesse started, it's making a full circle. Um, oh, cool. Back to <laughs> amphibian conservation. So, so there are a few things in the pipeline, including some um, 
some work on uh, beetles as well. Um, but yeah, it's just like way too many projects, but uh, <laughs> all of them really, really exciting. So. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's been fun to watch Delta and Dash growing up on Instagram. Um, <laughs> they're both very, very handsome little dogs. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, Marissa, do you have any other projects that you're working on right now that you'd like to give us an update on? Um, well, I'm busy, halfway busy with the, the next book actually in the series. So, um, not a lot yet to talk about, but uh, okay. yeah, just <laughs> watch my, my Instagram and <laughs> yeah, then, then we'll be updated for everything. Excellent. Um, what is your Instagram? I don't think I follow you um, yet. Oh, let me tell you. So it is rs.art at uh, Marisa Steinberg. So let me just double check that. Okay. Thank you. And then, yeah, so rs.art. I'll send it to you on the Oh, yeah, chat but it came up right away once I did the RS oh, art. Oh, yes, and there's the book right away. Oh, and it's just so beautiful. I really, everyone who's listening needs to go look at it. And so how does someone acquire a copy of this book if that's something that they're interested in doing? Yeah, so at the moment it is being sold at um, Love Books in Melville as well as um, the Yasmain Bookshop in Hartis. And then also just through emailing me as well. Yeah. Excellent. And it will hopefully in the next month, I'll also upload um, online versions onto Amazon. So it's easily accessible for people from different um, countries of course. Yeah, definitely. Cause yeah. And I think what we can do as well is we were already coordinating, trying to get some copies over here to the U S. So if anyone is interested and can't figure out how to get it for themselves in the U S just send me an email and we can put together a big old list of people and we'll figure out how to get, you know, maybe 20 copies all over here at the same time or something like that. Yeah, no, that would be cool. I was trying to figure out how to send them to you, but <laughs> it's, we'll it's make so expensive to like the courier really stuff. Is. Africa to the U.S. is just really yeah. tough. <laughs> it's um, crazy. Yeah, I mean, I could just go pick them up in person. Then you can come and visit as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't know when I have time or money, but. <laughs> <laughs> that would be more fun. Um, yeah. Well, is there anything that either of you wanted to, more that you wanted to share about the process, about the book, about Jesse, um, as we're kind of wrapping up here? Yeah. No. I, I think we covered covered a lot. I really really enjoyed listening to Esther's stories about Jesse. That was really <laughs> very beautiful. Um, yeah. Nothing more from my side. I don't know from you, Esther. Yeah, no, I think I think we've covered most of it. Um, I mean, I'm happy to answer any additional questions, but um, I think we gave enough info on on JC and 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 on the book and how it came to be. Um, so yeah, I'm happy. No, I think, yeah, we really just kind of wanted to talk a little bit about the book. And I think what we'll do as well is we'll make sure to link the original episode about your work with the River Iron Rabbits in the show notes so people can go back and listen to that again. Um, And remind people where to find um, you online. So we've got Marissa, um, Marissa's Instagram and Esther. Where can people keep up with you online? Okay, cool. Yeah, you you have my my Instagram. That's probably the... 
the best yeah. to follow me. <laughs> and then I don't know if I've last time if I shared the research papers with you about the rabbits and the frog stuff. So I can't remember because that could also be valuable to your listeners. Yeah, we would love that. If you can send it over, I'll put it in the list for um, <laughs> for some science highlights for upcoming episodes. Okay. okay, cool. I'll send you the two links to the rabbit one and the amphibian one. Yeah, that would be great. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, we were, we were going to talk a little bit about Jesse, a little bit about the book, and I think we did that. So unless <laughs> I've forgotten anything, I think we're, we're good to go. Oh, awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Kayla, for your yeah, time. Yeah, thank you. For all of our listeners at home, as always, you can find the show notes with links to everyone's social media and past episodes and our course and Patreon and all of that sort of stuff at canineconservationists.org. Uh, you can find us on social media at Canine Conservationists. And I hope that this episode has you inspired to get outside and be a canine conservationist in whatever way suits your passions and skill set. I think Marissa is a great example of how it doesn't necessarily have to be training dogs and bushwhacking over mountain ridges in order to make a huge impact on this field and in the it, with the greater goals of conservation in mind. So thank you both for everything that you do. And um, we'll talk again soon, I hope. Yeah, thank, thank you, Kayla. You.